0: hey there jill back in the pickle jar and i am here today to share with you just a little update on some of my medical appointments so um in the last few years um, i'm approaching 50 i am 48 now i will be 49 at the end of this year in october um and i've been living with adrenal insufficiency for almost 13 years it'll be 13 years in march Um, And my treatment has started on tablets, as you may know. And then about seven years ago, I went to using an infusion pump. And I've been very diligent about working on my quality of life and trying to um, make sure my steroid dosage matched the quality of life, my lifestyle of what I wanted to live. And um, so now that I've been dealing with this for about 13 years, um, about two years ago, I started noticing when I was picking things up with my hands, um, the best way I can describe it is that my fingers would miss each other. So I would go to rip open a package. um, I would go to pick something up and my finger just wasn't where I thought it should be. So it was kind of falling out of place. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see how my fingers just kind of fall. And I've showed them before on videos. And um, so, you know, when you have an autoimmune disease, And you've been told countless times that these things travel in packs, Um, you know, and especially when you've had an, have an autoimmune disease that I really think I can trace symptoms back to when I was in high school. So, you know, 15 years before I was diagnosed, it was like my body was deceiving me. There was something going on and I wasn't aware of it. And a lot of the symptoms that I experienced um, when I was diagnosed, which I just thought was, you know, life. I chalked it up to being life and being a mother and being, you know, just busy, busy, busy were actually symptoms of my body struggling and, you know, basically in some way shutting down. It was, it was, there was something very major and catastrophic going on inside. So you get diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disease. You're told these things kind of travel in packs and uh, you're probably going to be prone to them. So, you know, I go to the first symptom I get, okay, my fingers aren't working right. Okay. Okay. Now. Now what is it okay um I started planning my funeral I had all these things kind of going on in my head and um I automatically go to worst case scenario you know it's you know my throat gets a little scratchy and I'm like oh am I having problems swallowing now (laughs) what's going on you know well maybe you're just getting a cold like everybody else so um (laughs) So but I was definitely having problems with my hands and my fingers. Um, And I got to the point where I would even go to pick something out of the fridge. And if it was heavy, because I would go to grab it like a pickle jar. um, You know, my fingers weren't in the right spot. So I wouldn't have the strength in my grip. But what was very confusing about this is that um, in a good way is my brain could override it, I could actually move my fingers back in place. So that kind of showed initially that my brain was okay. It wasn't a neurological problem. Okay. So, but I still was very persistent on testing. We did x rays. It didn't look like, even though it kind of people told me it, it presents kind of like um, arthritis. Um, the x rays didn't show arthritis. It didn't show any issues that way, no carpal tunnel. You know, we kind of checked everything out, but I was very, very persistent about wanting to get the muscles tested. So, over a year ago, I went and had to a neuromuscular specialist um, who was absolutely fabulous um and we did an EMG um the EMG came back normal except for one abnormality at the end and it was um he put i don't know something in my arm <laughs> and um and it sounded like a machine gun going off and i still remember him going okay he goes i did not expect that he's like in all of my career he goes has nobody ever had a normal emg but had that abnormality at the end he's like that should be normal if the rest is normal um and i was like well welcome to addison's disease <laughs> so well meet jill let me shake you shake your hand um so he was very confused um it was more significant in my right arm or in my left arm as in comparison to my right it was very quiet in my right at the time so this is just over a year ago um what how I understand what a complex repetitive discharge is. He explained it to me as there's a muscle in my shoulder that's acting like a pacemaker. So basically what it's doing without my brain, my shoulder is activating the muscles around it. Um, And he said, that's very bizarre. (laughs) So, um, So the last appointment with him was in October and he's like, you know, nothing's progressed. So there's no really further testing we can do unless things change, which, can, you know, really makes sense. He's like, you know, we're going to test it and probably get the exact same results. So um, his initial diagnosis was, you know, and we all know with adrenal insufficiency, this is kind of the go-to answer. It's the steroids, it's the Addison's, that's it. the, the kind of the blanket answer that that we get. Um, but I also understand that they don't, it kind of makes sense. They They don't understand the complex how complex this illness is, I think, and how the steroids affect our body because we're never in homeostasis, right? We never have, I never have that perfect steroid level for what my body needs. It's probably either high all the time or low. Okay. So, um, so, but my doctor is, my family doctor is great. So we've been very persistent at getting me in to see a rheumatologist, which I saw today. Um, And that was after, I think over a year of trying to send requests out. Two rheumatologists to take me, and most of them kept denying me. Oh, she's got Addison's disease. Tell her to go see an endocrinologist. um Well, you know, we weren't contacting you because of the Addison's disease. Well, we kind of were, but because I'm having issues with my joints and my hands, I've also seen a plastic surgeon for my hands who specializes in hands. And he very same said, he believes it's the steroids or even causing the ligaments in my hand to stretch over time as well. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, I have very, very tiny hands. I always have all my life. Okay. They're very, very slight hands to put things in perspective. If you're listening on the podcast, my ring finger is a four and a quarter on a good day. Okay. So I have very tiny hands. I have very lean hands that's just being my wrists are extremely extremely tired i do not carry a lot of body fat in my arms and in my hands and for some silly reason if i lose weight if i my weight goes down on the scale instead of taking it off my butt my legs where i carry it my body likes to take it off my hands okay so my hands go extremely lean they're extremely tiny they're extremely extremely frail so um and the neuromuscular specialist described it to me as he goes most people who have normal hands, meaty hands, you know, he goes, if they lose 5% of their muscle, he goes, you're not going to notice it and function. And he goes, but for you, because your hands are so tiny, he goes, you losing 5% is absolutely devastating. And it really made sense because my life has really changed. My children have grown, you know, I'm You know, when my kids were little, it was hockey bags, it was more groceries, it was lifting the children, my hands were used a lot more when I was younger. So now what has been recommended to me is, I have to work out my hands all the time. And this is what the neuromuscular um, specialist recommended and today at the rheumatologist, um, wonderful human, I love it when you get people in the medical community that are just wonderful human beings and I could tell he was. So he, same thing. He was very interested in the pump and he's like, you use it for what? Really? He's like, that is so interesting. (laughs) So, you know, he, he said, you know, considering that I've had this illness for 13 years and I've been on tablets and I've been using a pump and I don't have that perfect regulation. He's like, it's probably something called steroid myopathy that has occurred over the years. And it's basically the steroids are just slowly degrading my muscle in my body. And I've, when this initially first happened, I talked to some of you through social media who told me that when they reach, you know, a similar age and stage in this illness as what I'm at, the same thing happened, that if they didn't eat a lot of protein, a lot of whole foods um, and work out, the, their muscle just started to wither away on them. And I really feel that that's what's happening to me right now. So it's perfect timing that I'm going into, you know, trying to work out more, get my protein back up, and do all those things as well so um this doctor recommended me which the neuromuscular surgeon also or specialist also did as well um and he recommended you know a bunch of supplements for me um he's like you have to maximize so you have the best nutrition supply so that you can maintain that muscle so that it kind of doesn't wither away on you so um we're going to be doing that what they recommended for me some of them were like magnesium and creatine so I'm gonna be um, doing that based on their recommendations. Um, this rheumatologist is also going to try and contact, I don't know the name um, of some very high end muscle specialist that he knows that he thinks he will be very interested in my quote unquote rare and complex case. <laughs> so, um, so I'm very interested in that and seeing what he said, he might have some recommendations on what I can do. And hopefully, Hopefully this, this takes place Um, because I think it's very something that we all need to be mindful of how important it is to be physically fit as physically fit as we can. And I know that creates, you know, that spinning effect, you know, we work out more, it drives our cortisol down and then we have cortisol lows. We just risk a crisis, but we got to keep the muscle up. So what I do is I take things in little bites you know, right now, you know, if you're not at the point where a workout is possible, and I know a lot of you are, um, you know, let, I believe, let life be your workout. You know, you, first of all, you have, we have to have the foundation of good nutrition so that when we are physically active, and it doesn't have to be through a workout, it could just be through life. You know, going for a walk, you have stairs in your house, go up and down the stairs a couple more times a day, park a little farther at the grocery store. Um, You like gardening, garden a little bit more. Um, You know, maybe you want to organize your house. So, you know, carefully lifting those boxes and doing all those things are going to put muscle and strength back into your body and is going to be your workout. Um, but you need to support it with good solid nutrition because if you're not, you are just making your heart harder because you're going to be tired and your body's going to want to build the muscle, but you're not letting it. Okay. So Um, I remember when I was first diagnosed with adrenal insufficiency, my family doctor did not know I was a personal trainer and a yoga instructor and all those things. And all those things that I had already been doing to take care of my health. And I remember him looking at me and saying, if you want to have a life quality of life with this illness, I am telling you right now, you better eat really well and exercise. He's like, he's like, or you're not, um, And I completely get what he, he meant then, because I have to keep my strength on and I need the nutrition, not only to support, um, the fight, the war that's going on inside of my body every day, just to survive. Um, but I also need to support it for good health. And that that's a lot of work and, but it is definitely possible. And it's definitely something that we have control over. So the next step for me with my hands, my tiny little, my tiny little, my kids call them my tiny little grandma hands. (laughs) So, um is going back to some of the things that I had started doing. And just like every other human, I kind of fell off the hand bandwagon um, is I'm using like stress balls. I have these rings that have, if you're watching again on YouTube, you can see it. These rings that have tension in it where I can squeeze and release, just getting back to my workouts, um, picking up weights more and doing things like that are going to be very beneficial. I'm going to do it in bite-sized pieces to manage my cortisol levels. I also have this band band Here that they had me doing I can't really show it here but I'm just twisting motions to to strengthen my wrists and different things like that so so basically you know it's it's going to be hand exercises pretty much every day so I'm going to keep them places you know if I'm watching tv I'm on the exercise bike I love my little stationary bike now and putting in all my kilometers it's definitely something I can do um on the bike okay Um, this is something I have in control over and this is something I can be empowered with. So, you know, right now the brain, the spine, everything seems to be doing what it's supposed to be able to do for the muscles. He even tested, I I've been to my chiropractor. They've tested the strength of my muscles. There's no muscles here. So I have muscle atrophy between my thumb and my index fingers on both hands. Very, very lean. There's like nothing there. Okay. And then these are, I've been told intrinsic muscles in between your hands between your fingers and he's like there's like barely anything there he was actually surprised that I could drive he goes can you drive (laughs) I'm like yeah I drive just fine I'm like these are really my hands they're just a little bit tinier I've been dealing with them for the last 48 years so he was very impressed that I was driving so you know there's a motivation right there I want to be able to drive in the next few years (laughs) and um, so I guess I better start putting muscle on so um so that's kind of what's going now. So as long as things don't progress and get worse. He said, you might not be able to make them better. Um, He was very honest about that. He's like, he's like most people, he goes, they're going to do things. And he kind of, if you're watching again on YouTube, where's the camera? He goes, he goes, they're going to go up. <laughs> he's like, you might just stay a straight line. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, I'm okay. Staying a straight line because I know if I'm not staying a straight line, I'm probably nose diving and this girl isn't going to nose dive. So this is something that I can do. I just got to do it and you know as often as i can strengthen my hands do my little exercises i'm going to put this stuff around the house so that i'm i'm strengthening my wrists and my hands and hopefully i make some progress so um steroid myopathy that is the word of the day and it seems it seems very logical he said 99 he was 99 percent certain that that's what it was and if things change, he said they could possibly do a, a muscle biopsy um, on my legs, who's actually surprised that I didn't haven't lost a lot of the strength of my legs, and that I'm still okay climbing stairs. <laughs> so, so one up for me, she can still stair climb. She's got really skinny hands. That's all. So Um, so if you're watching this on YouTube, please comment if you have any suggestions or if you're experiencing this as well, I would love to hear from you and hear what you're doing with it. Um, and if you're not watching it on YouTube, make sure you go to YouTube and check out all the videos and all the presentation videos as well. So, all right. So thank you again for tuning in to the pickle jar podcast and until next time, please be well, my pickles.